Alright, and welcome to the Dynasty War Zone, the People's Dynasty and Fantasy Podcast, and this is episode 98. We are already previewing week four. Well, where has the season gone? I am your host, Memphis, at DFF Memphis, and with me, as always, is my partner in crime, Mr. Jerry Sinclair. Jerry, what's going on, buddy? Man, a whole lot of nothing. I cannot believe we're already a month deep almost. We will be doing our quarter season review next week. Hopefully the news isn't as crazy as the news cycle is this week. But there's a lot going on. But before we get into all that, I just, you know, wanted to, you know, have a little casual conversation with Jerry. We don't get a chance to catch up catch up much. But uh just real quick. Remember to hit up the Dynasty Warzone podcast handle, at Dynasty Warzone, that's to get your trade retweeted to all of our followers. And if you want comments on those deals, make sure to tag at DFF Memphis or at DFF, and we'll do our best to respond to that. We're also in the middle of, you know, helping with starts and sits on Sundays. It's a little, you know, hard for me because I, I, I do work on the occasional Sunday, but you know what? I haven't missed one yet, and we're doing the... Fantasy Red Zone, Dynasty War Zone collaborations for two more weeks through weeks four and five. And then it will be just on the Dynasty Red Zone show. But that's where we're doing a, a full round of starts and sits. But you know what I haven't been doing, Jerry? What have you not been doing? I have not been doing the Thursday night game from starts and sits. So that's something we're going to add real quick to the Dynasty War Zone going forward. So tonight we're going to break down Thursday night's game which is the Minnesota Vikings, Vikings, no G there, Vikings, and the L.A. Rams. So Jerry gave me the Rams. So since Jerry gave me the Rams, I'm going to let Jerry go first. And who are you playing on the Minnesota Vikings? So I'm not going to overreact to Kirk Cousins crapping the bed last week. If you've watched Kirk Cousins at all in his career, there's always one or two games where he just forgets how to play football. He throws interceptions. He throws terrible passes. It just happened to be against the fantasy matchup you were waiting for. So I'm still starting Kirk Cousins. I'm not going to freak out about that. Uh, Another one that I'm definitely starting is Adam Thielen. Adam Thielen's been awesome. Everybody loves Stephon Diggs. Everyone gives Stephon Diggs all the love in all the world. Adam Thielen's the one that gets you the more fantasy points. He's been more productive, yards, all of it. I know they got a good defense. I'm still starting them. Now, if Dalvin Cook does play, obviously you're probably playing him. If he's not playing, I don't know if it's been decided. I don't know if you know that or not for sure yet. Uh, he said today that his hamstring is legitimately day-to-day. I I don't think I play him. This is a strong defensive front, and I think that you'll be able to attack the outside. Aqib Tlaib is having surgery on his ankle, going to miss at least a month. Marcus Peters, the other cornerback, I mean, there, there is, in theory, he might be able to play, but I doubt it. They're going to be without their two best you know, defensive backs, and Stefan Diggs and Thielen should be able to eat. And remember, this is the same team that Jared Cook of the o- Oakland Raiders on opening night managed to hang nine receptions for 180 yards for. So I think you're safe to start all the pass catchers. And I know it's going to be hard to bench Dalvin Cook, you know, as, as w- what you've got invested in him, two bye weeks this week, 
and you know the running back situation being a mess. But if you can get away from it, I don't I don't blame you if you do. Yeah, I, I feel the same. I was going to say sit Latavius Murray if he's in there. You just you don't or Delvin Cook for that matter, just because he is injured, and you don't want to run into Indomitian Sue. How do you do? And uh, what's his name? Aaron Donald. Yikes. You just, it's a recipe for disaster. And like you said about the tight end, Kyle Rudolph's just good. Kirk likes him. And Jared Cook, of all people, exploded. So those are my Vikings. Who are your Rams? Well, I will add this from a, like, if you're in a redraft league or a league where you use defenses, I would try to avoid both of these as well. There might be a better streaming option out there. Because I think this game will be higher scoring than people think. I mean, it could be a defensive slugfest. I don't know. Uh, from the Rams standpoint, you're starting them all except the tight end. You're never not going to start Todd Gurley. Jared Goff has proved me wrong. I called him last week a borderline QB1 play, and he was a very nice QB play last week. So definitely playing Mr. Jared Goff, my man Cooper Cup. I think he can avoid this matchup in the slot. Someone's going to spend their day with you know Xavier Rhodes, but I learned my lesson last week with this outside wide receiver duo of Robert Woods and Brandon Cooks that both these guys had very good games and that was including you know spending time with Patrick Peterson so I think you're playing all three wide receivers don't like the tight ends in this offense under McVay so Goff, Gurley and all three wide receivers by the way all three Rams wide receivers currently in PPR top 25 options at the wide receiver position so don't know how you can get away from them but, uh, Jerry, before before we get into our normal show, let's take a care of a little bit of business, if you will. Now then, on this day right here, we're going to start taking care of business. Want an unfair advantage to nominate your fantasy football league? Look no further and download SquadQL, the only mobile app you need to crush your friends and rivals. SquadQL recommends the best starting lineup for each week based on your starters, bench players, and free agent pool. SquadQL provides waiver and trade recommendations too. Go to SquadQL.com to download SquadQL for free. SquadQL is brought to you by the creators of RotoQL, the leading daily fantasy optimizer trusted by 100,000 DFS players. All right, time for me to tell you about our sponsor, gtbets.eu. It is officially football season. So head over to gtbets.eu for a sign-up bonus of 100% cash up to $500 on the first deposit and 50% up to $500 on the second deposit. Now, these bonuses are cash as opposed to free plays. There is also a favorite team points discount. For two teams in the NFL, two teams in college football, two teams in the NBA, and two teams in college basketball for the entire regular season. That's a free half point on two teams in each of those leagues. There's also live betting on every NFL game. And be sure to subscribe to the DynastyFootballFactory.com newsletter, which drops every Thursday for other amazing promotions from GTBets.eu. Thank you for checking them out. All right, big thank you to SquadQL and GT Bets for keeping Jerry and I in business. Please check them out. Helps keep the lights on. Keeps the show for free. We don't want to go behind a Patreon pay window. So Jerry and I love doing this. So Jerry, you ready to talk about a little news and rumors going around the NFL? 
Let's do it. Let's do it. Well, I think the biggest news coming out of the weekend was obviously the the ultra-handsome Jimmy GQ blowing out his ACL. And it looks like the 49ers are bringing in Macho Man Tom Savage. Well, I got news for you. Thank you, Macho Man. Tom Savage is not the cream, and he will not be rising to the top. Jerry, what does this do to dynasty rosters, especially in the Superflex format? Here, let me let me give you my own version of a sound drop when I heard that they were bringing in Tom Savage. <laughs> that dude has thrown more interceptions than touchdowns in his career. That's all that, you need to know. That, 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 that sounds factually correct. I'm not going to have time to spot check you on, but I'm not. I, I wouldn't. But why would I? Why would I invest my time to look into Tom Tom Savage's, you know, touchdown to? So whatever. Yeah, keep going. Unfortunately, I'm a degenerate and actually did, which is where I got that from. I think it was six touchdowns to seven interceptions in his replacement for Watson last year. Um, that I mean, sorry Dante Pettis, sorry Marquise Goodwin, sorry all you guys. I'm I'm fading all of you. I'm going to keep an eye on George Kittle. You know, Tom Savage is not the best quarterback. Maybe he likes his little safety valve there. I don't think he'll like him as much as Jimmy G did, but I'm going to keep an eye on it. Maybe he does, and that might be a little shining grace in this awful tragedy that has happened in the Bay Area. I, I, I think Kittle and Matt Breda will both be fine from a – 2018 perspective i forget the exact stat but the amount of targets per game that carlos hyde received last year with cj bethard versus when jimmy g showed up was like i think four per game i think it was like four targets per game and it doubled to eight something like that i i I saw that the other day so i found that astounding and george kittle should be fine i mean he's going to keep the ball short to intermediate he might take the great big shot play once a game to marquise lee so there's not really much you can do. It's going to devalue your San Francisco 49er assets for this year. But for long-term in Dynasty, I still love Dante Pettis. I think he will be a thing long-term. Pierre Garçon wasn't doing anything anyway. No, I mean, and, and maybe he does go to Pettis for some of those big ones because Pettis can make a play when he gets the chance. And thank you for correcting me on Brady. I actually forgot about him. But, yeah, he, he might actually see an increased workload because of this. I, I think it's check down city. Really in on him, but I could easily see him getting more work. Well, the, the next story is rookie QBs are running wild. We've already had Josh, Josh Allen and Sam Darnold as starters in the AFC East. And now Baker and Josh Rosen look to be joining them. I don't think we'll see Lamar Jackson anytime this soon this year or Mason Rudolph or – you know, Kyle Laletta or anybody else floating around out there. But these four, these are the big four. These are the first-rounders. Josh Allen looked very impressive in a win, at least in my opinion. I've, I've heard some people kill him. That's cool. I think you're a hater. You know, the kid went into Minnesota. <laughs> you know, I, I heard someone say, well, all he did was check down. I, I don't want to curse because I'm really close to. But no kidding, he checked down. His best wide receiving options are Fat Kelvin Benjamin and past his prime Chuck Clay. Didn't have Shady McCoy. What the hell else was he supposed to do besides keep it short to intermediate dummy? The defense Charles Clay dropped a touchdown to <sighs> just make it even worse. Mind-boggling the hate on this kid. You know, is he going to be Peyton Manning? Probably not. But he's not crap either. I mean, I have him on a couple of super flex as my fourth, third, or fourth quarterback, and I don't hate that. I only got to roll him out there once or twice a year. Hopefully you don't get any injuries. 
Uh, Sam Darnold's been starting. He had a great first game. Struggled. He's going to struggle some more. He's got Jacksonville. But uh, let's get to the meat of this equation. Baker and Rosen. W what do you see in week four for uh, Baker and Josh Rosen? You know, I mean, here's the thing about the Raiders is they are 31st in pressuring the QB. And that's where Baker's got to go. So that's that's a plus side. The downside, it's his first start. It's on the road. I mean, as good as he did last game. The black hole. Yeah, yeah, and, you know, he didn't throw any touchdowns. He, I mean, he looked good. He caught one. But it's – see, I don't know. I, I'm sort of wait and see on Baker. I think he's getting a little too much love for beating a bad Jets team. I know they kicked the living hell out of the Lions. But as we saw this weekend, who knows what happened this week in the NFL. I mean – <laughs> How are the Bills just going to kick the crap out of the Vikings? Like, I they were that, on that was astounding. Watch that was astounding. They they were on zero and sixteen watch, and the Vikings are a legitimate NFC threat, possible Super Bowl contender. Read a and stat the other day that the uh, with the Buffalo Bills upsetting Minnesota, like something like ninety five percent of all survivor pools are down to like a handful of people left based on. Uh, that one, and there was one other one in like week two, but it was crazy, like the amount of survivor pools that that, that victory crushed. Yeah, not surprising. And as far as Josh Rosen goes, I mean, I, there's only one way up with that offense, or only one way to go with that offense, and that's up. Uh, Sam Darnold, or Sam Darnold, yeah, like Sam Bradford. Hey. We just keep trying, and it just keeps not working. Well, he, you know, he's the best $20 million backup quarterback that money can buy. Here's the thing. I, I, I think the, the buy-now window on guys like Juju and Kenny G and stuff like that have firmly closed as those guys in their sophomore season are already looking like ballers. And the Ridley window could have too. But I tell you what, if you go back to the preseason, you know who Rosen's BFF is, and that's Christian Kirk. So in the PPR, Larry Fitzgerald is all of a sudden looking 35. He's got a hamstring. I, I like this. I mean, you know, this offense is so bad. And uh, you ever been so drunk you thought that you couldn't fall off the floor? Well, that's where that's where that's where the Arizona Cardinals are. They can't fall off the floor. They're already at They're the bottom. They are They're damn trying sure to. trying to, but there's nowhere to go but up. So I'm hoping that Josh and Baker. I think Baker will actually you know stabilize and even increase the value of guys like Njoku, Landry, et cetera. And I'm excited to see what Rosen can do, especially for like my boy DJ because I was a big DJ guy going into 2018 but let's talk about Lev Bell. Lev Bell is rumored to be going to the Jets and that there's interest. It was weird. I read Tampa Bay and Indy. Indy I get. The Jets I get. I don't get Tampa Bay and I heard the price could be as little as a fourth. Do you bring in a high-priced running back if you're the Jets, Colts, or oddly as it sounds, the Buccaneers? I mean if, if for a fourth. Even if it's for one year I would do that in a second. I don't really get the Jets for doing it. And honestly, that would be about as entertaining as biology is to Billy Madison. Nothing but Borophil. And uh, for Le'Veon Bell's perspective, you don't want to play because you don't want to get a ton of workload and, you know, hurt yourself before a long-term contract. And then you're going to go to the Jets who don't have, I mean, we're talking about Quincy Anunua, who's been fine, but he's not a supreme talent. You would be the supreme talent. You would get, killed getting 35 touches a game as far as if he went to tampa bay or indy that would be like mozart playing the piano live in your living room every sunday just pure poetry and beauty 
well-balanced offenses with plethora of weapons to exploit a defense. If he does get traded, I'd love to see his touchdown opportunities in offenses like Tampa or Indy. Preferably Indy. A, because you would be happy. And working on the show when you're a happy camper is always better. Sure, sure. And, and I just like them better than I like the Buccaneers in truth. Sure, and and I'll give you mine, and then I'll throw a fantasy spin on it, and you can add any fantasy spin you may have. Uh, to the Jets, I mean, it makes sense. He wants to get paid, and the Jets have a ton of cap room. They need weapons for Sam Darnold. I don't think Isaiah Crowell or Bilal Powell are going to be the – you know the the long term answer at running back for them. He's only twenty six, so if you could get him, that if you know, I know there are rules and things in place with him. Is you know you're trading for him, but if you can get that wink and nod that you, that that he'll stay, and you can get him on one of those David Johnson three year, you know deals that'll pay him till he's about thirty. I, I could live with that because the Colts are also way under the salary cap, and they do right now. This offense, the defense does not look bad. But the offense looks worse than I thought, and they definitely need some more playmakers. I think that the Colts would probably help stabilize his dynasty value. I don't think Tampa Bay makes any sense, so you're really going to have to wait till next offseason, and I don't know about the Jets. So anything to add about his dynasty value before we talk about two more running backs? No, I'm good. Let's get to the next guys. All right, so I'm going to mix three guys together. Leonard Fournette and Dalvin Cook are still being called day-to-day with a pair of bad hammies. Between the two of them, they got four legs and two of them work. And then Jay Ajayi appears appears to be on track for week four. So how confident, like in your, you know, in your leagues, are you confident rolling out Dalvin, Leonard, and Ajayi this week? Uh, I mean, there is a good chance you might not have a better option. Like maybe you've been riding AP or something, so you have him on by too. So, I mean, you're not going to feel good up, good about it in most situations, but in some cases, like with Leonard Fournette or Dalvin Cook, you probably took them in either the first or the second, so you're sort of stuck, and you're just going to have to deal with the eight points you're going to get or whatever it most likely is. But if they are, you know, uh, Fournette and Cook, even still feeling the hammies, please just sit them. I mean, both of those teams lost without them in week three, and I know that's not good. You don't want to lose two games in a row if you have to miss them again. You would much rather miss them now, get them 100%, or have them rush back, get hurt, and then lose in week 15 when you don't have them and potentially miss the playoffs. You make a great point. All three of these teams, Jacksonville, Minnesota, and Philadelphia, all have playing late into January, early into February aspirations. It does you no good now to push these guys to the limit. And there is a very high reoccurrence rate on soft tissue injuries, such as a hamstring, a groin, a calf, any kind of muscle injury. So I agree, you probably don't have better options. And if you got to roll them, you got to roll them. But temper your expectations. Not any real dynasty spin to put on those stories. But uh, the next one, there's a lot of dynasty spin. And I'm going to let Jerry go off on a little bit of tangent. And that's Marcus Mariota. So uh, this cracked me up. It says, Marcus Mariota cannot make all the throws. And I asked myself, could he ever? Because I don't think he could. I don't think he can make every NFL throw, but maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm being a jerk. He's still battling nerve damage, uh, an issue in his arm that, you know, tingling in his fingers, and he can't grip the ball, and he can't make throws. You know, this guy's going, I believe this is his fourth year. Next year will be his fifth year 
And this pretty decent QB class coming out. I don't know if it's as good as the one that we're in the midst of evaluating now, but you've got the Herbert kid from Oregon. You've got Locke from Missouri. There's a Stigum or St- I'm not a big college guy. The guy in uh, Auburn, Jarrett Stidham. Thank you. And Will Greer. And there's a couple. There's a couple. There's a decent quarterback class. So Jerry, I'm gonna let you ramble and rant on Marcus Mariota and go. It's not even just that. It's their whole offense. I hate it so much. And it's because I'm stupid and fall for it. I think, oh, Corey Davis is going to be fantastic. And Derrick Henry is going to pound it. And they're going to pass to Deion Lewis. And Marcus Mariota is going to go back to his Heisman caliber execution of surgically precision killing every defense. And he never does. None of them have done it so far. It's like every year I think they're going to put up points. And every year, it's the Ryan suck-up show, just kicking field goal after field goal. So if you have kickers in your league, Ryan suck-up's the guy to go. They're like vintage Lions with Jason Hansen. Just get down to the 30, kick a field goal every single time. I'm fading all of them, and this is maybe this is an overreaction because I'm just bitter. But he, Well, Lord Bigglesworth's going to be here in a little bit, So, but, but I don't think this is your overreaction. No, it is not because I don't. I think I'm being logical with it. If you can't, if you have tingling in the arm, you can't grip a football. How do I expect you to be an NFL caliber quarterback? And as far as Blaine Gabbert goes, you're a backup quality NFL quarterback. So you can't get the ball to Corey Davis. The running back situation now they're keying on you. So Derrick Henry's going to get a yard and a half running into his line they're going to watch Deion Lewis as soon as he goes for a little screen or anything else. I mean, Derrick Henry has gotten back-to-back games with 18 carries. One of these games, he's either going to explode and have a big run, or he's going to get a few of those short touchdowns. And I'm selling him the moment he does it, as this offense is just not consistently potent. I, I, I couldn't agree more. And I'm not going to get on my Marcus Mariota, Corey Davis rant. But remember, situation matters. Don't fall in love with players because you invested a lot of time in making that rookie pick. And I I was joking with Jerry off the air before we started recording. Guys like Corey Davis, you know, those wide receivers that you just think are perfect. It's the next Julio. It's the next Terrell Owens. But you got to remember, who they are affiliated with matters. Corey Davis is like dating the perfect girl. If you're a guy, or if you're not a guy, who cares? But it's like dating that perfect person. And you're going to marry them. They're great. You're attracted to them. You have fun. You're into the same stuff. You have the same friends. The relationship couldn't be any better. But this person that you're so infatuated with has a family that's absolutely a dumpster fire. Dad's a crack addict. Mom's a kleptomaniac. Both the brothers are in and out of jail. And you know that the minute you say I do to this perfect person, you're hitched to this family. The Tennessee Titans are that family, Corey Davis lovers. Marcus Mariota is you know, just not good at football. Neither is Blaine Gabbert. And, and you can give me stats and stuff. Go back and look at Marcus Mariota last year and pull up Jacoby Brissett's stats last year. Show me the difference because there sure the hell ain't a lot. I'm getting off this wagon because I'm getting uh, flustered. My, bro- my b- blood pressure is going up. I'm going to talk about Alshon Jeffrey and his damn shoulder because he's still not cleared for contact. Alshon Jeffrey, you need to be cleared for contact. I don't know why they didn't put this dude on the pup. I don't think you're going to see him in week four. I guess they're expecting him in week five or six because 
that would have made him a pup candidate because as a pup candidate, you missed the first six games. Jerry, where are you at with Alshon as it relates to 2018? I don't know that this injury really affects his dynasty value. Now he's another one of those guys, man. He just—it's like this, this what we're what we're talking about, what we're feeling, what you have in your soul as an Alshon Jeffrey owner is right now. That's his whole career. That's what it has been. It's always this. If you can't rely on, he's like Danny Amendola back when he played for the Rams. It was like. He'd catch a big pass, and every single time he went down, he got hurt. And then the next year, he'd play two games, and he'd look good, and then he'd get hurt. That's what Alshon is. Alshon plays four to six games a year, and he does good in two of them, but he looks really good doing it. And maybe he's got a bad quarterback or something else, so he's always got an ex- there's always an excuse in his narrative. He's normally a hamstring-type guy, but you know what? What makes me nervous about Alshon from a dynasty standpoint And I don't want to be petty and take a shot at a guy who's recovering from injury and allegedly played through this shoulder injury all of 2017 and, you know, was a pivotal role in that team winning the Super Bowl because he did his share. He just didn't show up and get a nice ring and, you know, call it a day. He did his part. He had a pretty good 2017. But the minute that dude got paid, he got that big boy contract. I was like, that, that, that made me very nervous about, Alshon Jeffrey. So if I had Elshon on a dynasty roster, which I don't believe I do, because you know how many leagues we're all in, but if I have any Jeffrey shares, I'd be looking for that first couple of games back. He's, you know, a late twenties wide receiver. I'd be looking to move him. Try to get on some, you know, some young hotness and get off this uh, old and busted, because to Jerry's point, he's all always busted. And speaking of busted, that meets the new hotness, and that's Evan Ingram. He is being called week to week with an MCL sprain. Jerry, uh, you got any Evan Ingram shares, and are you concerned? Because going into 2018, according to Pro Football Focus, Evan Ingram had the third toughest schedule for a tight end to begin with. Eli Manning does not look very good, and now he's injured? This gives me a great pause for Mr. Evan Ingram. It gives me a little bit of pause, too, and he was, so I am not a take a tight end early kind of guy in in almost any format, there is a, a league or two where I have gone Gronk or Kelsey, but in general, that's just me switching it up. And Evan Ingram was always the earliest I would take a tight end. So I have a few shares of him. But here's my little my little research for the day on an MCL sprain. So I am no medical expert. Do not get that twisted. Did but you stay in a Holiday Inn Express well. last night? Yeah, exactly. Perfect. Perfect. I can do research pretty well. So I looked up similar injuries. In April of 2016, game four of the NBA Western Conference quarterfinals, Steph Curry slipped on the floor and sprained his MCL, which is the ligament on the inside of your knee that connects your tibia and fibula. So he ended up missing four playoff games. So it's serious enough that Steph Curry had to miss playoff games. And that was over the course of two weeks. But now when he came back, he played 36 minutes and dropped 40 points. Now, maybe that's just because he's unbelievably talented and fantastic at basketball. But it seems like he was fully recovered by that time. Now, football is, you know, obviously much more of a contact sport since you could fart on someone in the NBA and get a foul on it for it. Even though at this rate, maybe the NFL is like that, too, with Clay Matthews shenanigans that went on. But, you know, Steph Curry also has to cut towards the basket far more often than Evan Ingram will ever have to do. So potentially 
it could have been a longer recovery time for uh, Curry over Ingram in that aspect. So if I was a medical expert, I could give you a better timetable, but it seems like it's going to be about a week or two. It's not going to be a long-term injury unless they come out and say that there was a tear or anything. So if you can buy Ingram, maybe you are a, you super punted tight end till the very end. And maybe you have an extra guy on the bench or Deshaun Jackson or anybody that you can sell high on. Maybe you can get Evan Ingram from a desperate owner. I like that idea. Okay. Well, I, I, I think you said it all. I'm, you know, in, in redraft, I'm, I'm fading him. And if you're sitting on a plethora of good tight ends and maybe you could get someone to bite and you could set Ingram behind a, a veteran and maybe you're starting like maybe a Kyle Rudolph or maybe you were one of the lucky ones that had Jordan Reed or Tyler Eifert and they're not hurt yet. So not a bad time to take a swing at Evan Ingram. You might find someone who will rage trade you after a couple of bad games and you know now he's being injured. So always worth a shot. And uh, A.J. Green pulled his groin and not in a good way. He says he'll play this week, but we've heard that before. Remember week one? where Leonard Fournette says, nah, I'll be fine. I'll be back out there. And after blowing out his ACL, uh, Darius Guy said, nah, I'm fine. I'll be good. D- done for the season. I'm not saying anything about A.J. Green. I just don't trust these guys when they say, oh, yeah, we'll be back right next week. I'm a little concerned. Uh, where are you at with A.J. Green? Because this is an awesome matchup with the with the Falcons and their depleted secondary. I don't think there's anything to say other than just keep an eye on it. You know, if if he says he's going to play and there hasn't been any, you know, dreadful, awful, pitiful news like we got with Darius Geis when he did it, which there hasn't been to this point, you know, it doesn't seem to be anything super serious. And if A.J. Green is playing in a football game, you're starting him on your fantasy team. So it's just by Friday, that injury report will come out. We'll know that's that's the best I can give you, Randy, is just you got you got to keep your eye on AJ Green, see what happens. All right, you heard it from Jerry Sinclair at Jerry Sin DFF. Keep your eyes on AJ Green's groin all the way from now through Sunday. <laughs> so uh, th- this you next one, make I, that a drop. Uh, how, how could it not be? Uh, the, the next story, I thought this was funny because this is how my mind works. Maybe because I'm a dad, and it's dad humor. But uh, my question is, it says, "Hey, do you have a broken Rexbox One? Well, you better hope you have a Sony View." Because Rex Burkhead hurt his neck. And we have not seen good things in the past with neck injuries. Think back to last year with Pierre Garçon and Quincy Anunua, who both, after being diagnosed with neck injuries, missed the rest of the season. You can also go to the defensive side of the ball with my Indianapolis Colts for a little IDP bonus. And uh, Gathers, the safety from the Colts, he had a neck injury as well, caused him to miss a lot of time. If that's the case... Man, uh, the Sony Michelle show could break out in a big spot. Didn't do a ton on Sunday, but I think this could be the last week or two before the uh, the buying window closes. They're playing the Dolphins this week, and that's a pretty decent matchup. We just saw Marshawn rush for 64, I believe, in a touchdown. I know he had the 60-some-odd in a touchdown, but it uh, could be Sony time. Do you have any Sony shares? And if you are, are you excited? And if you aren't, are you looking to acquire any before Sunday, Mr. Jerry? I have two shares of Sony Michelle, and it's because he was going way earlier than I wanted him. But now I wish I had more because I am not a Rex Burkhead guy. I've never really been a Rexy guy. Sexy Rexy, just not my style. But, I mean, yeah, he struggled last week, but that was 
that was a weird game for the Patriots. That's not going to continue to happen. And his role is just going to keep on growing. I mean, he's still got 14 carries. I mean, you got to assume that he's not going to struggle like that going forward. And, you know, he was stopped on two third and ones. Yeah, and that, that, that was a kind of a weird game script, too. You know, that, that was a team that was behind. It became a James White game pretty quickly. Uh, he only had, I think, one passing target, which he caught. I, I, I agree, Jerry. So we're, I mean, we're, we're on yeah, Team Sony. It, it, the thing about it is, like like I said, he, he was stopped on two third and ones, which is not good. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, he's a talented running back. We all saw that in the Rose Bowl and the championship. And, you know, we, we've seen what Sony Michelle can do. And we know that's not going to always happen. And, you know, when he converts on those, he's going to have more chances for more opportunities and longer drives and potential touchdowns. At some point, I am going to guess in the next month, he is going to be my DFS darling. Cause I'm going to guess he's going to be pretty cheap. And I hope that I am not too late on it. Uh, I, I, th- I think you're right. I don't want him to blow up and I'm sitting here going, ah, damn it. I missed my chance at him. But I think his price will continue to elevate as I think his performance will as well in DFS. But I, I'm from a dynasty standpoint, I'm, I'm making some swings this week because I don't think the price is going to be any cheaper than it is right now. No, especially after 14 carries. For yeah, it, it, it's only going to go up. Same with him. Same with on Johnson. So, 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 so we're going to talk about him a little bit later. I got excited. I, I, I have two old guy stories. So Shady McCoy is progressing with his rib injury, and the NFL is still looking into his off-the-field issue, whatever drama. I tell you what, I, I'm lucky. I know for a fact I don't have any LaShawn, uh, LaShawn McCoy shares. And I'm so glad that I don't. Uh, I think this is the kind of guy that you're not going to get anything for in Dynasty. I think you just have to ride him out. Maybe he can fill in for a bye week and you can get by it. But I think this is the last year for Shady. And then the next story, Greg Olson could be as back as soon as after the bye, which would for them, they're on bye here in week four. They'll be back in week five. And Greg Olson could be back with them. Uh, this is a great time in Dynasty if you're a contender, and Jerry and I were lamenting earlier about what a dumpster fire the tight end position is. So if you can throw out a sneaky third or a fourth to an owner with Greg Olson sitting on the back end of their roster, especially if they're not a, a contender, you'd be like, hey, bruh, hey, man, well, wait, Greg Olson, you out with a broken foot? Hey, you know, he could be back later in the season. I'll throw you a third. You know, I'll give you a third. I'll give you a fourth for Greg Olson, and you might have a little, uh, a little quick fix for your tight end position. Anything you want to add to Shady or Olson, Jerry? Before we look back at it, I mean, you don't need you don't need Shady. Josh Allen hurtled over Anthony Barr and scored two rushing touchdowns. He's your guy. You give him the rushes, man. Get let that big boy rumble, rumble, <laughs> young man, rumble. Yeah. All right, Jerry. Well, listen. And, but as far as hold on oh, with go, uh, go. with Greg Olson, I. I have been very vocal on my Devin Funches hatred. Now, we're going to get to him a little later. But and the other thing about their pass catchers is DJ Moore. What did we talk about last week, Randy? We talked about Ron Rivera. We're going to give DJ Moore some more touches. He got one catch for Lies. dude. Are you kidding me? Ron Rivera is fake news, apparently. Yeah, oh my God. So, yes, definitely buy Greg Olson while you still have the chance, while someone thinks he's going to be out until week eight or nine. Even if he is out till then, he's still going to be cheap for you. So I loved that take, Randy. Yeah, I mean, because if he comes back in week five, you could have, what is that, 12 games? 12 games with a 
a tight end the caliber of Greg Olson. That that feels or, nice. Or essentially, for a, you're trading a sack of nickels. Yeah, I mean a third or a fourth. I mean it's nothing. You can always recoup those in trades down the road. So uh, I would gladly move that. But uh, let's look back at where we were right and where we were wrong. The, I, I said it on the the bonus show on Saturday and the Fantasy Red Zone collab that be leery of Amari Cooper and Randall Cobb this past week. We did a, we did a segment called Sit, Start, or Shart. You know what a sit is. You know what a shart is. You know, I'm sorry, you know what a start is. And now you know what a shart is. A shart is where you think you're going to fart, but you really end up pooping your pants. <laughs> and, and that is what happened to you last week with Amari Cooper and Randall Cobb. You're thinking Randall Cobb, number two wide receiver, Aaron Rodgers at the quarterback. What could possibly go wrong? Oh, I don't know. He catches four of 11 targets for 23 yards, and he fumbles one of them away and, and leaves you with like a very ugly fantasy day. And then Amari Cooper goes into Miami. Hey, what's the worst that could happen? He's coming off a 10-catch game. He looked great against Denver in that secondary. He ran into a good, a good, good, good corner named Xavier Howard of the Miami Dolphins, and he shut him down. He, uh, he caught two passes for 17 yards, and these guys sharted all over your lineup. So, Jerry, before I ask you where you were right this week, I'm going gonna, uh, gonna to give me just one, just one yeah, buddy. Yeah, buddy. All right, Jerry, where were you right uh, last week? We talk about poop in our pants a lot on this podcast. And poop is I funny. Am, it is always funny, and that's what I was going to say. Is I may be 30, but I will still laugh when you say poop your pants. I don't know what it is. And I think I'll do that until I'm 80. So my guy, and I'm cheating, and I apologize to all the people out there, and I apologize to you, but I'm going to do it again because it's Kenny Galladay. Put that man in your lineup. Don't take that man out of your touchdown again. And now he squeaked it in by the length of the foot. If it would have been a Tom Brady thrown football, it would not have been a touchdown, but he got it over the line. I love Kenny Galladay. I love that he's doing excellent and making me happy, at least this week. We'll forget about the other two weeks. We'll just pretend we're one and out. Well, I, I could actually, it's, it's too late now because I've already got research done on, on my next guy. I could have made Mr. Kenny Galladay one of my wrongs because I didn't play him in my old school redraft league. And had I played him, I would have won. But instead, I played Nelson Aguilar and I lost. And now I'm like, damn. But, hey, I'll tell you what, sticking with wide receivers and being wrong, and uh, when you're wrong around here, George St. Pierre tells you about it. But uh, I'm not impressed by your performance. Yep, I didn't think I was going to be impressed with Devin Funchess's performance. But you know what? I called Devin Funchess a shart. He ended up being a pretty reasonable start against uh, Cincinnati this past week and a pretty good Cincinnati secondary. I, I like their corners there, Fitzpatrick and Jackson. And Devin Funch has still had four receptions for 67 yards and a touchdown. I consider that a pretty good game and a lot better than a shark. And one thing I will tell you is that his target share in that offense over the last three games has only went up. In week one, he had a 19% target share. Week two, he had a 20% target share. And then last week, he had a 29% target share. So I may not like him. I may think he looks slow and plodding doesn't matter what I think. What matters is the points he puts on the board. And as of right now, I was dead wrong about Devin Funchess. At least through three weeks, he was not a shark. 
He looks to be a very solid play, especially as long as Greg Olson's out. So I was dead wrong on Devin Funches. Jerry, where were you wrong this weekend? Juju Smith freaking Schuster, man. And it's not that I was wrong on him this week. It's that I was wrong on him this whole season. I thought for sure he was going to be a regression candidate. And we had Jordan McNamara on, and I was so happy when he was talking down on Juju, and he thought the same thing, that his ADP was too high. And wrong, 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 wrong. he, He had his worst yardage total this past week. He got 116 receiving yards, and that was his worst total so far. Yikes. Yeah, you know, I came into the season, I was not impressed with Juju either, but I was wrong there too. I didn't think that that offense could sustain the best wide receiver. Yeah, you know, because I I thought that at the the time that he was going to be the third option. But I think that Juju's performance has been a real byproduct of Le'Veon Bell being out, which is fine. Even if Le'Veon Bell comes back at any point, we know that Le'Veon Bell's not going to be there in the you know in the in the seasons going forward and Juju's only in his second year so if Le'Veon Bell comes back it could impact Juju's performance maybe toward the middle to end of the year but who cares we're dynasty players man Juju's going to be money for a long time to come so shame on you for not believing in Juju because I didn't have to admit it and you did so I can shame you publicly <laughs> the, the next guy that I'm uh, I'm going to say I was right on was Tyler Lockett He's currently wide receiver 21 in PPR through three weeks. And just like Devin Funches, his target shares went up three weeks in a row. It went from 12.1% in week one to 19.4% in week two, all the way up to 23% in week three. He's averaging four catches for 65 yards and a touchdown. And I know you can't count on that touchdown, but in that wide receiver two, three range for a guy to be getting, you know, that kind of a, of a target share from a quarterback like Russell Wilson, man, I'll take it. I'll, I'll take it. I know Doug Baldwin's going to be back sooner or later, but he's 30. He's on the he's on the wrong end of two knee injuries this year. I really like Tyler Lockett, and I like Tyler Lockett going forward. I don't think his stat lines have been so gaudy that you can't buy. So if you're looking to throw out a, a, a cheap third, I, I, and me personally, this is just me. I'm I'm Memphis. I'm a madman, but I would even go as far as to throw a 2019 second. At Tyler Lockett if you needed a wide receiver. I, I just like him that much. Uh, he stayed healthy. He, you know, Still a young enough guy, so I, I'm glad that I was right on Tyler Lockett. Jerry, where, where else were you right this past weekend? Uh, my man. I feel like I talk about him every single episode. Carlos Hyde. Yeah, buddy! 23 carries, 98 yards, two touchdowns, and honestly was the reason that the Browns won. I know Baker's getting all the love. If Carlos Hyde is not productive, they don't win that game. And if he struggles, I don't think they'll win in the future. But what about Nick Chubb and Duke Johnson? Well, hypothetical listener, Carlos Hyde's the guy. It was He's, he's the guy that has made me look the most smart. I was in on him last year, and he finished as uh, number nine, and I believe he's RB seven or eight right now. He just—he's good. He's never been in a good situation, and he's always done the best with what he can do, and he can catch the ball well too. Carlos Hyde is my man that I was right on this past week, 
It, it's so odd to hear love for, for a guy from Detroit giving uh, a guy from Cleveland love with all the beef between Machine Gun Kelly and Eminem right now. You, you would think that there would be more of a, of a bias there. But I, I agree with you on the Carlos Hyde. And I think he, more so than any other Cleveland Brown, is the biggest beneficiary of Baker starting. I think Landry was still going to be a thing. Njoku might get a bump. But in my opinion, the player that gets the biggest bump with Baker under center is Carlos Hyde. So I love that call. I, I got to tell you, I got to tell you where I was wrong again, Jerry. And where I was wrong was on the start sit show. Uh, I've got to be careful with that one. As uh, I, I said, that I didn't know who to start between Robert Woods and Brandon Cooks because I didn't know who was going to get a spin there Sunday afternoon with Patrick Peterson. Well, I was wrong, dead wrong. Robert Woods caught 10 of 11 targets for 104 yards and two, count them, two touchdowns. And Brandon Cooks caught seven of eight targets for 90 yards. So that's still that's still 16 PPR points, and Robert Woods had a day. So this offense in L.A., like I mentioned earlier, they're currently feeding three top 25 wide receivers. You can't bench any of these guys. So uh, I was dead wrong about those guys, about calling those guys you know potential sits or not knowing who to play. So since I didn't know, I'd fade, I'd fade both. I missed the boat. I missed out on points and. Uh, I, I suck there. So, Jerry, where else were you wrong this weekend? I, I got a I got a quick question for you, Randy. What song were you listening to when you called me before we did the show in the pregame? Uh, I was listening to I think it was Blake Shelton, maybe. It feels okay. right, Blake Shelton. Uh huh. Okay, I know so where you're listening. going with this. Come, come so on, he's, li- he's listening to Blake Shelton. This is and a fact. Then- and then he's going to talk about the MGK Eminem beef. I have never had more respect for you. Then in this moment. All, all I can tell you before you tell us where you were wrong is that Mama made a well-rounded outcast out of me. Yeah, and so. the thing about Carlos Hyde is he may be a Cleveland boy, but he did not say my beard was weird, so we don't have to talk about it. But but, but, but do you have a man bun? <laughs> I, I don't have a man all bun. All right, well, listen, tell, tell us where you were wrong there, MGK, Eminem. I have never, ever in my life been so happy to be wrong about the Detroit Honolulu Blue and Silver Lions. Randy, there is not a person that lives within a quarter of a mile of me that did not hear me during that game. I don't I, I actually I don't think anyone in Ohio could hear anything except for the echo of the state of Michigan. Just oh, I, I feel like our state exploded. It, my Twitter blew up, my Facebook blew up, everything. My phone was exploding. It was the happiest this place has been since maybe the Red Wings won the Cup in 2008. It, it, uh, well, God, I, I, I'm, I'm very, I'm very happy for you, and I'm very happy to uh, to give you this. But uh, I'm not impressed by your performance. But we were impressed by the performance of the Detroit Lions. I almost made the New England Patriots my uh, secondary wrong. But, Jerry, you know what they say. They say, go out on a high note. So, where I was right, I did say I was fading the entire Green Bay running back situation until I see some clarity, and and I I nailed that one. Uh, Jamal Williams was five carries for 29 yards and two receptions for 16 yards. Ty Montgomery actually had the best day out of all of them. He had four rushes for 16 yards, but he chipped in with six catches for 48 yards. And then Aaron Jones, returning from suspension, looked to be the best runner. 
uh, on the film that I've watched, he had six carries for 42 yards and one reception for five yards. So when you add that all up, it's a whole lot of bleh, bleh. But, you know, here's the, here's the really interesting thing is that if one guy could get the majority of this, so when you add up their Sunday stat line between the three of them, they went 15 for 87 yards or almost six yards a carry and nine catches for 70 yards. Man, I, I, I smell money, I smell success, but until, this, until someone becomes that 70, 65, 70% you know, touch running back, you can't fade them. So I was right there, Jerry, go out on a high note, tell us where you ended without being right. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reference the Jordan McNamara episode one more time because we did a segment that was what is one quarterback, one running back, one wide receiver, and one tight end that you liked going into the season. And my wide receiver was Will Fuller. And he didn't play week one. Week two, 113 yards and a touchdown. Week three, 101 yards and a touchdown. He's just – He's, I mean, we're talking about a first round wide receiver. People want to talk about Corey Davis like he's God, and I'm one of those people. It hurts my soul to hear you speak truth about Corey Davis, but I can't say anything about it well, because well, it's in, true. In, in fairness, it's not about Corey Davis. It's about his, you know, drug dealing quarterback. Not really. I'm just I'm being facetious. But for his terrible playing quarterback and his his offensive coordinator and his head defensive minded head coach, it's just a mess. It's not Corey Davis's fault, but. I, I'm with you. But Will Fuller, man, I mean, we're t- he's a first-round guy. And he's got DeAndre Hopkins taking all the real good corners. So he just sits there and just rips the roof off of the defenses every week. So I was right on Will Fuller, and I hope I continue to be right on Will Fuller because he was one of those guys I snagged in so many leagues. Pop, 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 just snagging him. I like the sound effects, and I wish I had a share of Mr. Will Fuller, but I don't. I don't. I, I never believe, but you know what? Uh, his price is too high right now to buy, but maybe one day. Maybe one day I can get him in there. Well, listen, Jerry, wh- where do you find Lord Bigglesworth at on Twitter? I know he's got a Twitter account. I know he follows me. I know he's drinking most days. Most days. I think he sleeps in a little late. Uh, well, I mean, I guess there's in, a time change, too. Yeah, so. you know, it's like a, you know, over there in, you know, jolly old England. It's a, it's a hall. Yeah, and I mean, it's rainy, so he's got to stay inside, but that's at LD underscore Bigglesworth. I love that, man. Let's, let's, let's hear what he has to say. And welcome to Overreaction Theater, where everything you observed deserves immediate reaction. I'll tell you what I'm not overreacting to this week, and that's the Jags' home loss to the Tennessee Fighting Mariotas. Uh, the Jags, ironically, as good as they did last year, they finished 10-6, and six, had a great deep run into, into the playoffs. But this is a team that lost to Tennessee twice last year. They lost to them in week two. They lost 37-16 to at home. And then they lost to them in week 17 that allowed Tennessee to get in the playoffs, 15-10. to So everybody, everybody has somebody that has your number. And the Tennessee Titans have the Jacksonville Jaguars numbers. It's cool. I think the Jacksonville Jaguars are still going to be a playoff team. They played a game like this as recently as last year in week 17 where it was 10 to, to 15, so 9 to 6. No big deal, guys. If people are, are, are fading Blake Bortles in two QB leagues or you can pick up a Keelan Cole share, use this to your advantage, uh, but don't, don't overreact to the Jags losing at home to the Fighting Mariotas. Jerry, what are you not reacting to? 
I am not going to be popular, but I'm not going to overreact to Baker Mayfield. He looked good. He looked sharp. He, I mean, anyone that watched him knew he had a cannon that could zip a pass in. And yet when he did it, as soon as he got into the game, I think all of us were like, oh, whoa. Okay, that wasn't pretend. That was that was real. But I, you know, he's if you have him in super flex or, you know, he's sitting on your bench in a dynasty, you are so happy that of what you've seen. But I'm not ready to put him in when I need a win. He's I mean, he didn't, you know, throw any touchdowns. He I mean, he's playing against the Raiders. So, you know, they don't get a pass rush like I mentioned earlier, but he's on the road in his first game. Black holes, a bunch of angry people, you know, and it's not going to be easy for him. So I'm not going to overreact to Baker Mayfield, at least going into this week. But if he does good, then I will overreact next week to Baker Mayfield. I don't know how much of a test this Oakland Raiders defense is going to be. I have said some nice things about the Raiders. I don't think they're the worst 0-3 team in the league. But that, but but a, a road a road test like that's going to be great. But in week five, it's the Baltimore Ravens, and and, and we'll see how that goes. So um, let's go bargain shopping. I need to get like that. You know, you already you know spoke on my my musical taste. I mean, we get that you know Macklemore drop that going to the thrift shop. Uh, and and how I do this, I can't speak for how Jerry looks at his waiver wire. You know, bargain bin guys. But I look to see. I'm in nine leagues, nine dynasty leagues and i look to see if a guy's an available at least half of them and both of these guys were and ironically with my first guy which is wendell smallwood in all the leagues that he was owned that i'm in he's on my teams i don't know why i never quit on wendell smallwood but he had a really nice game last week i think he's really de- depended upon ajayi or clement being out but that's cool i mean that, that that's why we call, call this the bargain bin and then my other one was jakeem grant he had two catches for like 70 yards and two touchdowns and one of them was kind of a gadget play but again you know this is the kind of guy that you know you're, you're fighting injuries you're fighting injuries and you got bye weeks coming up and you need a super hail mary maybe that's jakeem grant so those are my two bargain bin players we're we're way in the back of the store looking for deals jerry who, who's in the bargain bin for you i got my first one's a weird one because you've heard his name for the last you know, five years. He was a first round pick. Ryan Tannehill. Weird. If there's a weird situation going on in the NFL, it's the undefeated 3-0 Miami Dolphins. Now, he hasn't been spectacular, but, you know, it's about to be bye week season. And if you need one, you know, I, I mean, I don't know how many guys are available in a QB in your dynasty, how deep it is. He's, he's just sneaky, and if he has the right matchup, I don't hate it. And, you know, this week you might – maybe you have Alex Smith. He's on by this week. New England has been giving up. I mean, they gave up four touchdowns to Blake Bortles. I mean, we saw what the Lions did. You know, it's it's a risky play. Don't get me wrong. But we're talking about bargain bin players. The other guy is a guy in your Colts, Ryan Grant. He just – you know, he got eight catches the first week, and then he got a touchdown – this past week so he's he's got different roles in the offense but they're looking to make him a part of it which is sort of nice you know he hasn't been you know one of these five or six catch a week you know every week kind of guys but they're trying to find him spots which is nice and if you can pick him up for free yeah especially with the way luck can throw the ball 
Uh, can, I like him. Can I add a couple of interesting Colt stats for you? Oh, please. To, to, to support your love of Ryan Grant. Ryan Grant, Ryan Grant has a catch rate in the 80s, in the 80% so far this season. And Andrew Luck, I know people have been jamming his average depth of uh, target from this past weekend or on the season. But you know what quarterback led the league last week in red zone shots? Andrew Luck with six. So this is a guy who's catching a high percentage of his passes. And as a quarterback who's putting a lot of shots in the end zone, and if you can get a guy like that for free, you never know. Might be a great best ball stash, but I love it. Well, listen, we uh, we, we owe these people some DFS darlings and uh, some GT bets, and we got to get them out of here. Uh, I'll go quickly with my DFS darling. Uh, enjoy this one while it lasts because the price is only going to go up. And that is Jerry's very own carry-on Johnson of the Detroit Lions. <laughs> yeah, he's he's going for 4400 right now on FanDuel. Oh, excuse me, 4400 on DraftKings and 5700 on FanDuel. And, guys, that is dirt cheap. That is like almost backup level cheap. And what that's what he's been. But if you're looking for a guy, Dallas is going to be without Sean Lee this weekend more than likely. Speaking of hamstrings and habitual hamstringer, that's uh, Sean Lee. But this might be one of your last shots to get a guy who can give you uh, an RB1 performance at RB3 prices. So I'm going carry on Johnson, and I've been pretty hot with the, with the darling. You know, I nailed Buck Allen last week. I, I've nailed the, the Tyler Lockett one in week one. I've had a good run with the DFS darling, so I, I feel the hot streak continuing in carry on Johnson. Jerry, who is your DFS darling? You know, I hit on Kenny Galladay, so we got good runs on the on the Lions, so I appreciate that. And I love carry on Johnson. He takes me from six to midnight. My guy is Aaron Jones, and he's actually a little cheaper than carry on, rightfully so. 4,100 on DraftKings, 55 on FanDuel. Like you said earlier, he was the most productive guy, in the, or at least the best-looking runner. Now, you know, he might not be a superstar, but if he can get in the end zone for how cheap he is, you're going to be able to reel off some really expensive players to round that team out for you. Well, I, I agree, and I will say this about Aaron Jones. Theoretically, now ask Minnesota, because this does not always work out as things do not always go to plan. But Green Bay could be up early. And this is a game where I could see in DFS definitely avoiding Aaron Rodgers. He's already got the banged up knee. Uh, I, I kind of predicted, you know, where I could see Green Bay getting up early. They pull some guys, especially Aaron Rodgers, to give that knee a break. And they could want to see they, they could want to see what they've got in Aaron Jones. So I could see a narrative where, where that makes a lot of sense, Jerry. I think that could be a really sneaky really sneaky call well my uh my and by the way the the gtbets.eu parlay of the day has not been uh rolling well we we started off the season three and oh and then over the last two weeks we've been a combined one and four so jerry and i combined our 500 on the season so we're looking to get back to our winning ways My, my game of the week is i am taking detroit on the road at dallas I think that Dallas looks terrible. Their defense is okay. Now, this line was as of Monday afternoon when I was putting the, the show document together, so if that number has changed, I, I apologize. 
because that's when I got it and that's where I got it. But I find it stunning that I think Detroit is the better team, even on the road at Dallas. I'm taking the three and a half. Detroit doesn't uh, have to kill them or get beat by a ton for me to win this bet. The half point makes all the difference. I'm taking Detroit plus three and a half at Dallas. I mean, I love it. I'm going to avoid the Lions probably from here on out because if the line last week would have been the Patriots minus 37, I still might have taken the Patriots. And now I think the Lions are going to win every single game on their schedule. So I got too much Kool-Aid. My team is the Super Bowl champion Philadelphia Eagles minus four over the team that we have talked about the most today, the Fighting Mariotas and the Tennessee Titans. If you have a quarterback that can't throw the ball, then you're not going to win the game, and the Eagles are good. I just, no thank you. I don't think that's going to be close. That's an interesting line because one that I didn't make my bet of the week last week was the Colts getting five and a half at Philadelphia. So I understand the game was at Philadelphia, and I believe this one's at Tennessee. It is. But you're giving Andrew Luck five and a half points, but you're only giving the Fighting Mariotas four points. Feels like two good games. I I, I hate I uh, hate taking you know road favorites, and this this is a road favorite as I got burned by that last week with Green Bay. But that line almost seems weird, and I would have thought Detroit was laying points. But hey, listen, uh, if you want to go the 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 Costanza, the George Costanza from Seinfeld route, you could go the opposite of Jerry and I's picks. It's been just as lucrative as our winning picks. So we're five hundred. We're looking to get back on our winning ways. Well, listen, Jerry, it's week four. Uh, maybe sometime next week we'll concoct a bonus bonus episode. Uh, maybe we'll get someone on here to talk, you know, buy and sell targets, guys that you're, you know, you're looking to buy cheap, guys you're looking to sell high a quarter way through the season. But outside of that, Jerry, you have anything else for these nice people before uh, we call this thing a show? No, sir. I am ready. You're ready to uh, go listen to some more MGK and Eminem rap battle. I think that's what I'm going to do while I'm editing this show. Well, listen, on behalf of Jerry and on behalf of our sponsors at gtbets.eu and the SquadQL app. And, guys, if you're in a ton of leagues, especially Redraft, the SquadQL app is your best thing. You can personalize this thing, personalize news. Check that out, 100% free. Can't, you know, can't beat free. So tweet at him at SquadQL and tell him that Jerry and I in the Dynasty Warzone sent you. But on behalf of Jerry, on behalf of Jerry, at JerrySendDFF on Twitter, I am Memphis at DFFMemphis on Twitter, and we will see you next week. Bye, guys. Yeah.